Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, April 28, 2015, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We'll be in Arkansas for our crystal quest over the next few weeks, including Pleiadian lineup in May, and we'll be back on the air on Tuesday, May 26th. So take advantage of the time to catch up with some of the archived shows that you might have missed. And also, just a reminder that Mercury is going retrograde on May 18th until June 11th. Our special guest this evening is Gordon Asher Davidson, who has had a long career of active leadership in social change institutions and movements while simultaneously pursuing a deep meditative inner life culminating in his book, The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth. His experience includes co-authoring with his wife, Corinne McLaughlin, the Practical Visionary and Spiritual Politics, which has a foreword by the Dalai Lama. And also he is a co-founder uh, of Sirius, a spiritual environmental community, also serving as founding director of the Social Investment Forum, founding and co-directing a Washington, D.C. Institute, the Center for Visionary Leadership, and offering many clients worldwide deep spiritual guidance and transformational consulting for over 20 years. Gordon has maintained a 20-year meditative practice and contacts with spiritual beings in the inner worlds who are guiding human evolution. In his new book, The Transfiguration of Our World, he illuminates what is occurring today from the perspective of the higher spiritual intelligences who are inspiring and supporting humanity's evolution into greater compassion and understanding. He is uh, providing a vision of humanity co-creating with masters and galactic civilizations who are assisting the transfiguration of all life on earth through shared purpose, love, and boundless creativity with humanity and all dimensions of life. His website is worldtransfiguration.com. At the top of the show, it's the Starseed News with Anastasia, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream media. We'd like to thank Vanya for hosting the Switchboard this evening. We also have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and special thanks go to Tammy, as always, for her dedication to the forum. You can download our show podcasts on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page. Just look for the cloud with an arrow on it to download. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. And if you have a birthday coming up, make sure you don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. 
So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia. Hello, Anastasia. Good evening, Ariel. Thank you for that. I apologize for that pause. Just wasn't quick enough on that little button there. That's okay. It, another, another week has passed, and we're coming up on our Crystal Quest. That is wonderful, beautiful springtime weather. A little cool where I am, but still in all, the leaves are out. Everything is green. The robins are making babies. It's wonderful. Nothing like so. Nothing like spring. That uh-uh. is just a promise of everything good. And I'm changing my glasses as I speak here. Here we go. Getting to that stage. Oh, yes, that's much better. Okay. Well, now I can share the news with all of you tonight. There has been an explosion on the sun. Uh, For days, they say astronomers have been monitoring a magnetic filament of magnetism stretching across the face of the sun. And this morning it did erupt. Now, NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory recorded the blast. Hurled upward by magnetic instabilities, this erupting filament split the sun's atmosphere. It created a canyon of fire. The glowing walls of the canyon trace the original channel where the filament was suspended by magnetic forces above the sun's surface. From end to end, the structure stretches more than 200,000 miles, a real Grand Canyon on the face of the sun and then some. Now, they say a coronal mass ejection is also emerging from the blast site. So that may be creating some really bizarre energies for those of us that are sensitive, as I already experienced today. Now, the news tonight is covering a lot of activity across the planet. We've had just a lot of Earth activity. There's been a quake uh, that has shaken southern Costa Rica. Um, It's the latest seismological event to happen in Costa Rica this week. It was a magnitude 5.3 earthquake that struck off this country's southern coast, and um, the quake could be uh, centered across southern Costa Rica and in parts of the capital of San Jose. There were no initial reports of damage. Now, this tremor has followed a week of renewed volcanic activity at the Turia Alba volcano when several eruptions covered the central valley in ash, closed an international airport for several hours late last week. And earlier this month, two similar earthquakes shook this country on Good Friday with magnitudes of 4.8 and 5.2. Well, in Japan, wow, we've heard about this before, but this is something new. Remember that uh, news story I covered some time back about an island appearing out of the Sea of Japan following uh, the quake, that big quake that they had? Well, now, today, actually not today, it's been in the last few days, land has been rising out of the sea in Hokkaido, Japan. It rose 50 feet and is over 1,000 feet long, and it happened overnight. Oh, my God. Uh, this, yes, this new land began rising from the sea April 24th with a rise of three feet and then began rising rapidly and rapidly and rapidly. The event is still ongoing. They say that right now, again, it's over 50 feet above the water, nearly 1,000 feet long, and nearly 30 feet wide. And this is, of course, a very rare occurrence, just tremendous amount of volcanic uh, activity and earthquake activity going on all over the planet. This uh, news piece is from Australia. I want to thank Emily, one of our faithful Starseed listeners and contributors, for this article. She passed it along to me. Scientists have found signs of a devastating meteorite which hit Australia millions of years ago. 
Sometimes I wonder how these could be new discoveries when the planet is so well mapped and there's so many satellites in the sky. We get these reports of new findings all the time. But be that as it may, uh, they say that the surface crater from this strike has long disappeared. The scientists from the Australian National University said that by drifting more than a mile deep into the earth, drilling, excuse me, more than a mile deep into the earth, they discovered a 250-mile-wide impact area deep inside the earth's crust. Now, the researchers happened to believe that the meteorite broke into two halves just before it hit Earth between 300 and 600 million years ago. Analysis has showed the Earth's crust fractured at depths of more than 12 miles under the intense heat and pressure created by the strike, and they say that the two asteroids must have each been over six miles across. They say it would have been curtains for many life species on the planet at that time. Now, the up to this point, the most devastating meteorite believed to have hit the Earth that scientists have known about is the one that arrived 66 million years ago, they say, that led to the extinction of the dinosaur. So this is a relatively new find. They are saying that they don't even know what kind of life was on the planet 600 million years ago, but if there, whatever was there would have been gone from this particular strike site that they have found. Well, I'm sure you all have heard about the earthquake that shook Nepal on Saturday near Kathmandu, killing more than 1,800 people. It flattened sections of the city's historic center and trapped dozens of sightseers and tourists. Um, it was a very unfortunate event, a very large earthquake. Some say it was 7.8. Some are going, you know, you get different figures, but the original um, uh, quote on that was 7.8. And I guess you realize, too, that Mount Everest was affected. Their camps um, around Everest were affected by the avalanche. They say at least 10 people died there, and survivors were really struggling under really tough conditions to take care of the wounded. A major earthquake and a lot of damage. Well, here's a story from the University of Utah. They have been turning out some pretty interesting geological findings of of late. They have discovered a huge magma reservoir in the Yellowstone supervolcano. This is a brand new finding. They say that beneath Yellowstone's surface, uh, there is a huge reservoir of hot, partly molten rock, which makes more evidence that Yellowstone, with all of its earthquakes and geysers, is indeed a supervolcano. This discovery uh, uh, is about Yellowstone's subsurface plumbing. They say that this reservoir of hot molten rock is more than four times larger than the shallower magma chamber, uh, chamber that they already knew about. And this new discovery says that the, uh, the reservoir that they have found would fill the Grand Canyon 11 times, compared with about two and a half times for the shallower chamber that they knew existed. Now, the findings were published in the journal Science this week, and they say that Yellowstone's plumbing system is no larger or closer to erupting than before. In other words, what they're saying is, well, it's always been there. It's always been that big, so what? <laughs> so why worry about it? But now they've used their advanced techniques to make a complete image of the system that carries hot and molten rock upward from the top of the Yellowstone's uh, plume, about 40 miles beneath the surface, uh, to the magma chamber and the magma the magma reservoir above that. Now they say that 
There's evidence that Yellowstone has had major eruptions millions of years ago. The most recent, they say, about maybe 640,000 years ago. And, of course, there's talk that another big one might be due sometime, they say, within the next 90,000 years. But the USGS says that these kinds of calculations are statistically meaningless, which, of course, they are. But that's that's just an amazing finding that there is such an enormous chamber underneath Yellowstone. Im- immense. Eleven times the size of the Grand Canyon. Wow. Wow. So we just certainly hope it doesn't blow its top. And uh, anyway, in uh, Fiji, we've had another earthquake, a 6.2. That happened today, this morning. A 6.2 off the, uh, actually it was Nodoi Island in Fiji. And a couple of earthquakes have paid visits to the Canadian West Coast and the British uh, in uh, Columbia Interior. That was a 6.1 quake that was just felt on uh, a couple days ago. And um, they also had an aftershock of 4.2. And there's been actually quite a bit of geological activity up there. There were th- uh, three quakes following that. So a lot of, a lot of things happening up there along the Canadian coast. And in New Zealand, uh day before yesterday, they had a strong earthquake. That was 6.3. So uh, lots of activity. Uh, in Canada, excuse me, they have discovered hundreds of prints from extinct carnivores and herbivores likely to be 100 million years old. And they've unearthed these prints in northern B.C., British Columbia. These prints were pressed into the dirt surface and spanned an area about the size of three football fields. And they say that many of the three-toed prints were discovered northeast of Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver. Um, they thought that they might be uh, pterodactyls. You know those little birds? Big birds, huge birds. Right. They, they think the further down they go, the more prints they're going to find. Um, they just think it's layered with thousands and thousands and thousands of footprints. There must have been a lot of animals on this planet at one time, whenever all that happened, that just took them all away. Because when they find them, they find lots in one place. Well, we've talked about uh, Mercury before, NASA's messenger probe. Judgment Day is approaching for NASA's uh, probe, and uh, it's going to run out of fuel here and land, or crash land. But before it does that, it has released some very stunning pictures, photographs, uh, of the planet Mercury. The close-up shots are all over the Internet. They're quite beautiful, actually. They're in sort of a fluorescent rainbow hue, which isn't actually what Mercury looks like. It's just the technique of the camera um, to identify the different features on the planet. But nevertheless, they're very pretty. And uh, they say that after more than a decade since its launch, it's been up for 10 years or so, more, it's circled uh, Mercury for four years, but Messenger is going to crash land on April 30th. It's going to run out of fuel for its thrusters, and they say that it's going to plunge onto the planet's surface at about 8,700 miles per hour. It will create its own sizable crater, and of course, it will be destroyed. So that will be the end of NASA's messenger probe. But I'm sure that it has gained a great deal of information for NASA. It's been traveling out into space for all that amount of time. So if you want to see those photographs, just Google that. Photographs from NASA's messenger probe. Might get some really interesting shots as it goes uh, hurtling toward the surface. Probably some close-ups. I don't know. Well, scientists have found that the Neanderthal... 
this man that they discovered, they just extracted a person, uh, fell down into a cave thousands of years ago. They think the person probably starved to death. He Apparently it was a sinkhole, so they're assuming 150,000 year, 150, years is pretty hard to tell. But they used analysis from DNA that they extracted from the bones that had actually fused into the limestone rock. There's photographs of this on the Internet, and it's absolutely amazing. The skeleton became fused with the rock, but the skeleton is very distinct. You can see it very, very clearly. It was in uh, the DNA of a Neanderthal man. Um, they're calling him the Altamura man, and he, they found him in Altamura, Italy. And they say that he lived about, well, anywhere from 128,000 to 187,000 years ago. Uh, it was really a rather unfortunate thing. Apparently, he fell into a very narrow space and probably did starve to death. But over the years, the bones just became infused into the stalactites that were left into this cave, this narrow space. It's an amazing sight to see on the Internet. They are going to further analyze the genetic information from the skeleton, and I hope that's all they do with it. <laughs> anyway, that's a brand new finding, uh, and it probably is going to yield some very valuable information about Neanderthals. And in uh, Texas uh, today... Um, Mile-wide tornado touchdown as a storm swept through with large hail and damaging winds. They say the storm knocked out power to more than 30,000 people in Texas. This is according to online reports. And uh, Austin uh, Energy Company reported the most affected with about 8,000 people out of power. So as you can see, we've had a great deal of action in the earth this week. I haven't covered all of these stories. There's just a lot more. One wonders why there are so many sinkholes opening up across the planet. But then when we compare that to a lot of the earthquake activity, we just have to wonder if there's a lot of shifting going on underneath the surface. Um, just makes you wonder. All kinds of sinkhole stories uh, on the net this, this particular week. So, our quote for tonight... If you can dream it, you can do it. Always remember that this whole thing was started with a dream and a mouse. Guess who said that? Walt Disney. If wow. you can dream it, you can do it. Always remember that this whole thing was started with a dream and a mouse. Wow. Cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, it makes it it's makes a you think. A, a global institution. Absolutely. Always remember that this whole thing started with a dream and a mouse. So, all you Starseed listeners, you have beautiful dreams. I talk to you regularly. You're amazing people. Let's bring some of those visions into being. We can do that. That's yeah, right. And collectively, it. let's send the the emerald ray of of healing and loving energies to those places in the world that are experiencing the um, results of the earth changes and let's try to absolutely yeah absolutely we have the energy to do that and that's it's not to be listened to it's to be healed and helped that's right i'm glad you mentioned that ariel thank you well it's going to be a wonderful show tonight well it sure is and um i want to thank you so much as always, for doing a great job with the Starseed News, because this is this is things that just gets overlooked, and it's like, how can they 
you know, I mean, of course, major earthquakes they cover, but they don't really connect the, lot, the dots like you do in bringing in the things that are happening on the sun. Uh, yeah, we really wouldn't know. We really wouldn't know. There's just too much information saturating our lives every moment, and it does take somebody to connect the dots just to keep us aware that it's not just a lot's going on that we're never told about. And um, we need to be advised. This is our business here. We need to be aware of what's going on. We all have a mission, and we need to stay in tune with the planet. So thank you. It's my privilege. I love to do it. I'm going to miss uh, all of you for three weeks, but I'll rejoice at our reunion uh, coming out the other side of the Starseed Crystal Quest. That's right. Yeah, May 26th. We'll be back. And um, just once again, and. Might I ask you one more time, Ariel, when is uh, Mercury going retrograde? Um, May 18th, right okay. on the Pleiadian lineup, and it okay. will be it will be retrograde until June 11th. So everyone listening, if you don't know what that means and how to navigate it, you, there's, the information is all over the Internet. Um, so take advantage of that that source of information because mercury retrograde is something that affects everybody <laughs> anybody that listens to me know that i'm always griping about it so <laughs> <laughs> thank you ariel okay well thank you so much anastasia and uh, we will talk to you again on may 26th okay so um let me get Lavender. Let me get your microphone open here, so that I can introduce Gordon. And just a second here, get the mic open. Hello, Gordon. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, well, we are so happy to have you with us. And um, Lavender is going to kind of lead off for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Lavender. I'm here. I'm here. Take away. Okay. Well, hello, Gordon, and I love the colors on your book, the turquoise and the purple and the blues. It Thank was, you. Those are my favorite colors. In fact, my entire wardrobe are these colors. So welcome, Gordon, and the first question I'd like to ask you is tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey, and we have a, a very awake audience. We have a lot of star seeds walk-ins, light workers from all over the world that listen to our show. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can say that's going to shock anybody. So tell us about anything that you want uh, oh, related to ETs or things that may have happened to you uh, as a child or wherever you want to oh, go yes. with this. Well, I, I've had many, many experiences. Um, from a very early age, I experienced uh, the oneness of all life and, and exactly what that means and how we are all completely one one being and with different forms and expressions. Um, I also, um, in, in my life, have been very drawn to spiritual life, especially meditation. It's been a major focus in my life for uh, four, four, 40 years. And um, I oh, have many, many different experiences. I, my wife and I met at the Pindhorn community in Scotland. That's where we, we met and um, had wonderful time there in the 70s, and I um, came back to the States, and I had an experience when we were driving around the U.S. talking about Finhorn and what it means and the evolution of our planet, and 
while we were driving down the freeway at about 60 miles an hour, I was thinking about my life and what direction I wanted to go in. And this being came into the car while I was driving <laughs> and identified itself as a being from Sirius and said that I, we were to start a spiritual community and, and uh, name it Sirius and that we would have work to do around the spiritual heritage and destiny of America and that that was part of our work. And so um, that was quite a shock. <laughs> and I, um, I, we came back to Massachusetts, and while we were there, we, I had very clear inner guidance to look at a piece of property that was for sale across the street from a friend's house, and we bought uh, 90 acres of land in 1978 and started that spiritual community called Sirius, which is still going today. And it's an ecological center, spiritual center, and uh, is one of the most developed echo villages in the United States. So that's one of my many adventures. <laughs> um, I've also been very involved with uh, helping in many different social change movements. I was uh, the founding director of the Social Investment Forum, the National Association for Social Investment Professionals. Um, I've been very involved in um, spiritual politics. We wrote a book called Spiritual Politics, my wife and I, with a foreword by the Dalai Lama. And um, I have been deeply engaged in psychological, deep psychological subconscious work and three selves work with um, many, many people all over the world. That's I've been practicing in that way for 10 years. And uh, in, the, in the, about 20 years ago, I... I opened up a contact with a, a spiritual master who came to me as a result of my having my house burned down by an arsonist and being very upset and angry with God about why that happened to good spiritual people like us, <laughs> and finally realizing it was my self-will that was really the cause of the problem. And I really went through this deep, deep process of surrendering and really surrendering to what is the universe asking of me. And at that moment, I actually came into contact with this spiritual master. And I've had a very, very powerful and beautiful relationship for the last 20 years with him. And over the last three or four years, I, I started getting very much more detailed information about what's going on on the planet, why things are the way they are, where it's going, what the deeper causes of all this is, and um, a lot of information about the galactics, I call them the galactics, and other civilizations from beyond the Earth. And so that's been, I have done several teleseminars on all this, and then I was convinced by my master to create a book and bring it out into the public, which I did with the book, The Transfiguration of Our World. So that's a very short sketch. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like you're very well connected with uh, so many different uh, alliances having to deal with uh, the galactic service on the planet. Mm-hmm. What? What? Um, uh, you sent me a list of questions, and I, I, I I'm really uh, amazed at some of the depth that you have taken um, your answers. So I just want to ask you, what prompted you? To, to write such a powerfully strong book at this time? What, what was the main um, force that said it's time to release this information? Well, it was my, the master that I work with um, who is very deeply engaged in this whole process of helping the planet to move through this tremendous process when we're going through this huge shift into higher frequency living and what that really means and how that's all going to happen. 
And um, I, the book was really a lot of information that he that I received from him. I don't channel. I have what we call I call telepathic conversations, so that we actually communicate like having a conversation. So I can ask questions, dialogue, and you know clarify things. And but he has given a lot of the information that's in the book um, directly, so that it's actually. Um, really a lot of his his thought and his ideas, and that's why it is a very powerful book. It carries a certain energetic frequency that people who read it pick up on. And uh, I've had so many people tell me how much it changes their world view of the future because so much of what we see, if you extrapolate all the current trends, it looks like not such a rosy future for us on the planet. In fact, my view is the most important question everyone is thinking about is, are we as a planet and as humanity going to make it through this crisis? And as a result of all that I have received, I'm absolutely convinced we've already turned the corner. <laughs> we're already moving very powerfully towards a resolution of the current crisis that we're in. And we will have a beautiful, lighted, higher order, high frequency, fifth dimensional civilization on this planet before too much longer. I believe that too. Yes. I um, I was very interested in how you presented your information about the planetary history of the forces of light and dark. Can mm -hmm. you give our listeners um, uh, information about what you found out about the the galactic beings that came here that were, that uh, wanted to make it a slave planet? Yes, um, this is certainly what happened was many uh, millennia ago when we the planet was just beginning to evolved, there was a group of alien beings who came here, only about 50 of them, but they were of a predatory type race. And they came in, they, through some time-space anomaly, like a, a wormhole, and they entered into the planet. They weren't meant to be here, in a sense. And they were guardians of the light there, protecting the planet, and they weren't found right away, but very shortly after they got here, they were discovered, and they could have been removed from the planet. But the decision of the higher order councils around this whole question was that it would and ultimately benefit humanity to go through a struggle in, throughout our evolution with having light and dark on the planet so that every human being would choose throughout all their incarnations whether they were going to align with the light or the dark, with the path of selfishness or the path of love and service. So that was, and of course, experience the karmic results of all those choices and learn to make better choices in the future. And that has been our evolutionary process ever since. But it has been a very painful and difficult process, and it hasn't quite worked out you know, as easily or as smoothly as has been hoped that humanity would wake up in in its opposition to this and many many human beings have cooperated with the with the structures and the, the control systems that have been put in place on this planet and, and that has been going on for a very very long time so that there has been a tremendous amount of control through the financial system political system the media that these forces have been able to exercise over humanity which is really goes a long way towards explaining why things are always so horrendously messed up, chaotic, confused, all the violence and craziness on this planet. It's a, it's a, a lot of it is perpetrated or cultivated or 
you know, brought forward by these kind of forces to keep humanity divided, to keep us in fear, and so we can be controlled. And that's been a lot of the history of our of our experience here. But that's radically changing now. And yes, it is. I wanted to ask you, uh, in the book, you talk quite a bit about the 9-11 uh, incident, um, the significance of this and the history of humanity. Uh, tell us what you think was behind the 9-11 attacks. Yes. Well, the 9-11 attack was a fault, what we call a false flag event or a, a con- contrived uh, you know, disaster where it was really orchestrated by um, a, a, this group with their and their accomplices in the whole process. And there, anyone who studies all the evidence that these architects and engineers have put together and demonstrated very, very clearly that the, that the way they say that those buildings came down would never have happened in the explanation that they gave. It's completely impossible in terms of scientific and engineering principles. So we know that there's something else behind it, and that was an attempt to create so much fear and so much um, uh, shock to humanity, and especially to Americans, that they could pass all kinds of additional controls, which was the Patriot Act, removing a lot of the basic guarantees of freedom for Americans, and then launch an attack in the, in the Middle East to try to get control of the oil. That, has, that was a lot of the, the purpose behind all this. And in one sense, they were successful at creating tremendous fear and tremendous contraction of consciousness at that time. And but they were not successful in the Middle East with the oil. But 9/11 had probably the greatest unintended consequence in the, in human history, which was by doing this, they were in the position to very close to being able to totally take over the planet. They had control of the financial system through all the interest-based money in the Federal Reserve and similar systems. They had control of the politicians. They had control of the media. They could have done. They were poised to take over the planet in really, really negative ways. What happened was, at that moment, now we have to switch levels and look at it from the solar systemic perspective. From that perspective, we remembering that Earth is a chakra in the body of the solar being. It is definitely connected to and part of the solar system. And because of the dark and condition of the Earth and the way it was, the solar system was not able to move forward in its evolution as it was intending to do and had been waiting for Earth to clear this darkness from the planet. And at that point, when they saw what had happened after 9-11, they realized that it was it was very possible it would never be cleared by humanity, even with the help of the spiritual masters. So they, the solar council at the level of the solar system issued a decree saying that it was now time to remove those forces from this planet, just as they had allowed them to stay long, long ago. So they gave permission to the galactic civilizations to take them off the planet, to either turn them to the light and have them change their whole pattern, or they would be removed. And the original 50 have been taken off the planet. They're gone. However, 
there are many, many human cooperators who worked with them and, and reaped tremendous personal benefit by doing so, who are still here, still trying to keep the systems running and trying to maintain control. But of course, it's very, very difficult because they lost all their leaders who had a certain level of prevision and a certain level of telepathic abilities to control people. All They are all gone. So the system is becoming very, very difficult to maintain. In addition, the galactic civilizations were given permission to radiate more light and more support and more love to humanity to free ourselves from this control. And they have been doing so steadily ever since. And this, this decree all took place in 2002, a year after 9-11. And that light flow into the planet has been increasing steadily ever since. And there are other sources of light as well coming from the center of the galaxy, as I'm sure you know about. And all of that has put tremendous pressure on these forces to move, change, or get out of the way. And that's a lot of what is happening on the planet. And, of course, we've got many, many wonderful initiatives going on. And there is an actual, what they call the Galactic Light Alliance, which is an alliance of all the lighted civilizations in this part of the galaxy who have now come into relationship with leaders on this planet and have built a light alliance that extends all the way from the galactic civilizations right down to every light worker on this planet. And we are receiving so much help and support and energy to change <clears throat> what we have here on the planet. It is phenomenal how fast things are moving. And there's millions, tens of millions of people all over the world who are assisting in this tremendous light alliance. Yes, yes, I know that. I wanted to ask you, the 50, where did they come from? What planet, what, what um, species were, were the 50? Do you know? They were not, uh, I, I, I could, I'm not really supposed to say. The reason for that is that it's not helpful to have people focus on the sources of negative influence okay. okay it's just not you know it's, it's just better to know that they they were here they were they were very uh like a predatory warlike species who had absolutely no uh compassion or compunction about using every single person on the, and on the planet and all of the resources for whatever purposes they decided and they did that for a very long time in order to maintain control and have power here. <clears throat> and one of the reasons why it has been the, the policy of the government to block all information about galactic civilizations, all the sightings and all the experiences people have had with extraterrestrial beings is that these beings on the planet who were in charge of that system knew that the only source that could really remove them from power were other galactic civilizations. And that's why they tried to instill fear through all the films and books and everything on television that say the aliens are just horrible things they are going to destroy and eat you and all the rest of it is all completely bogus. They were there doing it themselves, but beyond that, this planet is now has no negative alien influence on the planet. There is nothing left of alien influence that's not benevolent and positive. And that's the case, and around the planet as well. And, the, and, and they are here to assist and support our evolution into higher levels of consciousness, where we're, which we are rapidly moving into. 
So how does this affect the cabal? Well, the cabal is now being heavily impacted by all this. They they are, you know, in many cases, they are losing power everywhere. And you can see this as you watch um, different fields. For instance, in the financial field, um, over the last two and a half years, there have been over 2,000 CEOs and CFOs and other top-level the C-suite executives in financial institutions, banks, mutual funds, big, huge international financial groupings who have resigned, been indicted, or disappeared, or died through strange, mysterious circumstances. That is because they're being pressured by the light forces to, to, to move, to change, and, to, and if they're not going to, to move out of the way and allow light, more lighted people to move into those positions of leadership in the financial world. And there is a very developed and detailed plan, which many of the nations of the world have agreed to, which is to institute a completely new world financial system. And I just heard yesterday that the Pope, now, who is one of the main leaders of the Light Alliance, one of many, um, has has plans to announce in June a plan to completely reform worldwide capitalism. And that is part of what we are intending to do. Well, we, will have a new, we are going to eliminate interest-based currency and interest-based financing because it's a, a tremendous scam that has drained the resources of the planet and put it into the hands of the people who issue the money, and to move that away from that to have a debt forgiveness process and to the wealth that has been accumulated illegally, immorally, in ways that are just by schemes within the financial system, which is quintillions of dollars, to redistribute that money to help make sure that every human being on this planet has food, shelter, clothing, health care, and everything that they need. Anyone who has earned money legitimately will not be affected. But those who have taken money from the world in so many corrupt schemes that have been used in the financial sector, that will all be shifted and brought into use by for the good of everyone. Yes, you know, that reminds me, I, I watched a program on HBO called Vice, and they were showing the Haiti earthquake uh, situation, what, five years later, mm-hmm. people still are without clean water, electricity, and uh-huh. the big companies went in there and built soccer um, uh, fields and and parks and things that they didn't really need mm-hmm. and, and, and forgot about just giving them the basics. That's right. I, I was just very, I was very shocked when I saw this. I, mm-hmm. I just saw it yesterday and I went, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they probably could put their names on the soccer fields. <laughs> that's the point. Yes, yes, and, and that's true. And, and there's so much of that. I mean, that's a, 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 an example of it, but I mean, it's much deeper than that. I mean, it's the degree of corruption that has been brought into play around the banking sector and the financial system and the way it has all been manipulated, massively manipulated, for tr- trillions of dollars stolen and, you know, just created in these strange financial dealings that many people can't even figure out or understand and get to the bottom of, that is part of the way they have stripped the wealth of the world and put it in their own hands. And But that's not going to continue too much longer. So let me ask you, um, 
what role do groups and individual light workers play in this plan? Tell us what we can be doing to help. Yes, we have a crucial role to play. It is so important that we all understand that where we are in this process today, that we are on the, on the verge of a tremendous breakthrough in consciousness. We are already, many people are already experiencing this. And, and there, is, there is a lot of chaos in the world right now because the dark side is holding on, doing everything they can to create confusion, and there's a lot of karma being worked out. But it's reaching a point where there will be a resolution of this, and it will involve, you know, really a whole new system being instituted by actually very benevolent beings, both primarily human, but also with the assistance of galactic civilizations, so that we will have a system that provides for everyone's needs and does not uh, destroy the planet. And that this is really the whole thing that needs to happen here. And so we, by understanding that this is the movement we're moving towards, so that when things start happening that are seem to be unusual or, you know, shocking even in a way, um, there will be light workers who can help people understand what is going on so that they will not be a mass panic and fear because this is the way the, the cabal always works. They create as much fear as possible. So by helping to the, everyone we know to understand that we are moving into a whole new world and a whole new system and it's going to change in a very positive way, that is going to be very reassuring to people. The best way I, I know to help people do this is to have them read my book, The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth. That book, and it's not a long book, and it's not very expensive, and it gives a very clear picture of exactly what is going on, what has been the history, and where we are going in the future, which is a very beautiful future that is we are all in the process of creating. And those who do not align with this future and do not... Uh, find it what they want are going to find it extremely difficult to remain on this planet because the spiritual energy here is going to continue to intensify more and more as we move through this process and it will become exceedingly difficult for those who do not at least understand love as a principle as a fundamental energy for this planet if people do not understand that they will find it very very difficult to remain here on this planet and that is really going to be one of the ways things are going to sort themselves out. So do you feel like that we really kind of had a big shot of an upgrade right after 2012? You know, we were all looking at the Mayan calendar to mm -hmm. do certain things. But what I found from just observing and from hearing from other people and other beings of light was that the people on the planet, their, their starseed DNA woke up. And they just started asking questions and rising up and taking a stand for the light. That's what I started seeing happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of people quit their jobs, started mm -hmm. moving about. There was a lot of migration. Mm -hmm. uh, people were divorcing their husbands, leaving their families, saying, mm -hmm. you know what, You're, I've, I've raised you, now, now, now I'm leaving. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like I, I started seeing that that this happened all over the world. It wasn't just here in the United States because I yeah. have clients, you know, in, in different countries. And I started hearing this, hearing mm -hmm. it everywhere. Yes. That people were excited. 
they didn't know what they were excited about, but they knew that something was coming and that they wanted to be a part of it. They were they were looking for a label. They were looking for somebody to tell them what it was that they were feeling. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I, I kind of started thinking about uh, a galactic GPS locator in people's heads. Yes, starting yes. to beep. Yes, and it was like a homing device. Mm-hmm. We we're starting to find each other and in, in, with soul families. Is this mm-hmm. what you started seeing happening? Oh, absolutely. I had so many clients say to me after right after 9-11, you know, I don't want to do uh, everything I used to be so interested in doing. I, it has no energy or interest for me anymore. I, so many people were saying that. And that they were, and they did move and they did get up and do new things and start exploring all kinds of new ways. Absolutely, I had the same experience with the people I'm in touch with all over the world. And I think that, you know, that was part of the shifting, beginning of the shifting, and it was about letting go of who we had been, and that was really the purpose of 2012, was to move through into a new dimension. Even though it didn't happen the way some people thought, it really had an impact on consciousness in a huge way. So now here we are. Since then, everybody has gotten busy doing whatever they feel called to do to help make this happen. Right, we're, we're, and, and the vision is pretty widely shared. You know, Earth is going to become a beautiful garden planet filled with light. There, that is the that is the future. There's nothing, nothing can stop it because this is the plan of the solar logos, the solar being. And we, Earth, is a chakra in the body of the solar being. And you can't fight City Hall, as they say. And this is a level of the energy that's flowing in that's saying. This is just cannot be it cannot be resisted, cannot be stopped, and 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 because it's a necessity at the level of the solar being who needs to move forward in its progression, and Earth is going to progress with it. So there, there's this tremendous, powerful movement and tide of energy that's moving us into these new levels and dimensions, and you know, it's it's definitely inevitable. Uh. I was turning through the book here on page 102. You talk about an alternative to GMOs in a radio wave treated water. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, there's uh, people who had in- invented this, um, which is very much about working with frequencies and energies, infusing them into water, and then uh, uh, watering their plants with it. And this is an invention that's been patented and it's been, I think it was developed in Ireland, I think it was, and it's it's being used all over the world as a way where you don't need fertilizers, you don't need GMOs, you don't need pesticides, because it makes the plants very, very strong and healthy. And plant and pests only attack weakened um, plants that are not getting the proper nutrition and not healthy. And so when your plants are healthy, you don't get that much a, tr- a problem with uh, your pests and all this. So this is a whole new approach to how you deal with agriculture and, and these kind of issues. And it's completely antithetical to the idea of GMOs, and because the whole idea behind that is we're going to patent everything, control it, and make gigantic sums of money off of it, and, you know, it doesn't matter the effect of glycophosphate on the soil or on people or anything else. We don't care. We just want to make money. Well, now they've just announced, scientists about two weeks ago announced that glycophosphate, which is, um, that's Roundup, is uh, causing cancer. And we knew that. <laughs> we knew we knew that, but the public didn't, and it still hasn't been that widely circulated. That that, that. I, I saw I saw a um, a video of 
a guy that was talking to, I guess, one of the people that was uh, promoting that. And they said, would you drink it? And he said, absolutely. They brought him a glass and he wouldn't drink it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, he said he wouldn't want to drink it. Yeah, yeah. He'd drink so, and then he wouldn't drink it. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the things that you discovered about free energy devices. Well, there are many, many free energy devices, huge numbers of them, actually, in different types. Of, a lot of them use magnetism. They use, um, they're tapping directly into the etheric or the universal energy field that surrounds us. You know, 99.9% .9 of everything we see is energy, and it's available massively if you know how to tap into it. And, of course, people have discovered this. And whenever they create a machine or a device that will do this, they get a little knock on the door and they're told to stop doing it. Or if they don't listen, then they are attacked. They're, they're tempted to be killed. In some cases, they are killed. The labs are burned down. I know lots of people for whom this has happened. But that's one of the interesting things that's going on now is that those people are starting to put out more and more information about what they actually have available and what they've created because the, the control of the cabal over that is weakening and it's starting to filter out in many more and more places. The plan is that we will use free energy very, very soon. It's going to be released to the public, which basically means we can have a little device in our backyard, in, in, you know, tiny little thing, it's like the size of a bucket, that will produce all the energy we need for our homes. Not only that, you can have desalinization plants set up run by free energy, and we will be able to provide water for all over the world and turn this planet back into the garden that it's meant to be. That's a very important part of it. All that is definitely in the works and is definitely part of the plan and what's going to unfold. And so... That will eliminate, of course, fossil fuels, pollution, um, and many, many other problems that we have around the use of, um, you know, fossil oil-based system, and that's going to change too. So, do you have any new information about what's happening with Japan, and are they telling us the truth about their radiation problem? Um, I, what I've gotten for consistently for some, not for us, ever since. Fukushima happened is that the galactics who do have this technology have neutralized most all of, not all but a lot a high percentage of the radiation from Fukushima. They have the technology to be able to do this. If they hadn't done this, the Pacific as we know it would be a radioactive sink. It would just be a, a, mag, a magnitude of disaster we can't even conceive of. And they have done that. They have neutralized the radiation for the most part. And, and so there is really a, that kind of protection. It's also part of the decree was that there will be no nuclear war on this planet. There will be no major earth changes, you know, huge. I mean, we may have some earthquakes like as we just did in Nepal, but and we're not going to have huge, gigantic earth changes as were predicted, you know, years ago. That's not definitely not going to happen. So there's a lot of very positive support being given to us to prevent any more major manipulation by the dark side in ways that would involve that kind of activity. So let's um, um, talk about how people can can buy your book. Give, give them your website. Yes. My, the, the book is available on Amazon as an e-book or as a written book. It's called The Transfiguration of Our World, 
how a light alliance is transforming darkness and creating a new earth. And it's very easy to read. It's not complex, but it is, it's it's deep, but it's not hard, hard and it's, the language is not complex. And it gives a very powerful overview of the entire situation we find ourselves in right now, how it came about, the, the, the clear information about the, the positive light forces that are working on the planet and how the dark forces have been driven off in many ways and how that's changing and where we're going in the future with a lot of description about the vision for the future and how it's unfolding in actual, with evidence of what is happening today, showing that it is actually unfolding and occurring right now. Um, and you, our website for, I have a nine month uh, ongoing teleseminars on this topic. And my website is worldtransfiguration.com. And you can go there and see I have a teleseminar that I just will be completing next week. And you can um, purchase the entire teleseminar as a series and watch them with video and uh, and also get a transcript of all the sessions. So it's very detailed and very powerful information that people are finding very, very helpful to their their understanding and gives them a great deal of hope and a sense of power and empowerment that they can do something and that we do have tremendous assistance from all kinds of higher beings who are really helping us to move our planet forward. Yes, and I agree with that. And I I love this book. I love the way you write. It's very you, – you write to the point. You know, mm-hmm. it, some authors just dilly-dally around with a, with a paragraph. Boy, you get right to it and, and get right into your brain to where you, you stick it. I love it. I love okay. it. I love Thank this you. book. Thank you. Good. Yeah, and I really you. hope that uh, you come back and, and be a guest of ours again. I, I would love you're to come back. write another book. Absolutely. I yeah, would love to. I am working on some other books, coming. yes. So I'll, I'll well, pass you over to Ariel now who has the switchboard. So thank you so much for being our guest tonight. Thank, Thank you. you, Ariel. Thank you, Lavender. Well, okay, Gordon. Um, were you, are you up for taking some questions or comments? Sure. From our I listeners? love questions. Okay. Um, we do have we have one person already, and in, if you are already on the switchboard, if you're already on the phone, you just need to press 1 if you have a question or comment for Gordon. And if you're listening on the computer, then um, the number to dial in to ask a question is 917-889-8292, and then press 1 on your keypad when you're prompted so that we know you want to come on the air. So um, while we are waiting for um, other people to do that, we have um, one of our favorite callers here um, with a question for you. We're going to talk to Ralph. Hi, Ralph. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Aria. How are you doing? Thank you. It's a, that's a great compliment when you're favorites. <laughs> oh, you are. You always have yeah, Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, I, uh, Gordon, that's very good positive information that you were giving. It's, um, it really lends a lot of hope, I'm sure, uh, to whoever um, uh, listens to you, and I'm sure whoever reads your book. Um, and I... I I kind of felt uh, the same way you do, and, and that's why some of the stuff that's going on that many people are upset about or kind of disturbed about uh, in relation to the police actions that have been taking place and 
some of the military actions that have been taking place and uh, uh, the banking stuff. Um, do you see that uh, all of those things, uh, especially some of the uh, most recent, like the rioting um, in some cities and um, the things that the police are doing, uh, the militarization of the police, and also some of the things that the military is doing currently around this uh, Jade Helm uh, situation, uh, do you see those things as also ploys uh, to kind of like their last gasp, so to speak, uh, to instill fear in the populace? Mm-hmm. Well, I I did check on the, the Jade Helm issue because that's an important one and a lot of people are concerned about it. What I got, surprisingly, is that that is that the the United States military is at this point. It's hard for people to accept this, I know, but I that's I'm pretty confident this is correct. The United States military is completely aligned with the Light Alliance at this point. They are, and they in the the whole idea with Jade Helm is to put the military in positions around the country to be able to apprehend the cabal members when things get to the point where this is all going to come into play. Because there will likely be reactions and there will be attempts to do things that might try to, uh, you know, escape or use people as other, you know, civilians as hostages. I'm not by the cabal itself. They do, and they have a history of doing pretty horrible things. The whole plan is to prevent that from getting really happening. That's that's what I got about it. Yeah, that's uh, believe it or not, same thing I got. I just wanted to confirm that uh, it's great that they uh, have the. I don't know if 100 percent of the military are aware of the position that they're in, but I think at some level, um, the ones that control um, mm-hmm. uh, most of the boots on the ground, so to speak, are, are aware. So uh, it's, that's uh, phenomenal. You mentioned something about um, the Pope uh, taking a position uh, sometime soon about uh, the finances and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, unleashing that kind of unleashing those uh, things uh, to the world in a positive way. Um, do you actually think that believe that this particular pope is um, of the light, and uh, also do when they do release their finances, are they the ones that I'm talking about the Jesuits now? Mm-hmm. Are they the ones that are, are going to try to uh, still maintain control? Oh no, no, I, I don't think so. And, and you know, if you examine what's happened since Francis became pope, one of the first things he did was he completely reorganized the Vatican Bank, as you probably know, because you seem very well informed, and and removed all the directors of the bank, which was a, the Vatican Bank was one of the centers, the dark centers for power control and of the world financial system and they removed all the directors he also has gone around the entire vatican bureaucracy and set up his own new system which are the most liberal um uh, cardinals from all the different regions of the world so he has international representation but the bank has now been put under professional management they even announced that they found all this money they didn't even know they had i mean when was the last time the vatican ever said anything like that um and, yeah. and they're, they're actually um, very, very crucially involved. I mean, if you look at his statements and the, the things he's been saying for the last two years, I mean, he is clearly indicating we have to do something for the world's poor, that that is not acceptable. And, and, and he is 
talked a lot about capitalism and the effect of capitalism on 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 the general public and our obsession with money and not caring about what happens to people and all of this is directly clearly the the, the direction that we we are going in and will be going in and must go in there's no doubt about that he is a very beautiful light worker and um you know he has definitely taken on this huge task of uh, trying to turn the Catholic Church from something that was not very benevolent at all because of the kind of infiltration that it had um, by the other dark side into a much more lighted uh, organization, and I think he's making very good progress on that. Mm. You know, that that's uh, phenomenal that you uh, uh, talk that way about them. And, and I... I sort of agree. Uh, I'm kind of uh, taking a wait-and-see approach because they've been in power for so long, it's kind of hard to believe that they shift like that. But um, I do believe that they've been talked to, <laughs> so to yeah. speak, yeah. and given some choices, some hard choices to make. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of... Uh, uh, agreeing with you on that, that's a that's a very positive move. Well, thank you very much, and I uh, really appreciate your your um, your kind of reporting uh, a very uh, positive um, uh, slant here on most of the world view of things, uh, because I think more light workers uh, should hear this uh, kind of thing and be assured that uh, we're going to be um, in good shape uh, going forward. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's it's helped. very important that, that all the light workers understand that that's that's the case. And yeah, I hope you read my book because it it will really help yeah. to give you a strong basis for really being able to talk to people and say, you know, we are really moving forward in a very positive way. Yeah, I'm and I'm looking forward to that too. This is the transformation book. It's called um, the trans. Yeah, the transfiguration. It's transfiguration. Oh, okay, gotcha. Of the of our world. Okay. And, did, and I know you don't. You probably like many others don't like to give a um, uh, any time frame. But you, do you see a time frame, uh, maybe kind of this year, where uh, what we're calling "quote unquote" the shift is going to happen? It's not going to be. I, all I can say is, and is it's not going to be that long. Um, what <laughs> what I've been told is that even the masters don't know exactly when it will be because right. it's, not, it's not a fixed date. It has to right. do with the alignment of our solar system with uh, within uh, the, the series of seven solar systems, which makes up a greater being, each one of those solar systems being a chakra in this greater being, that when that alignment is made, at that time is when all this higher energies of love, really high-intensity love energy, is just going to flood the planet. And people who can resonate with that energy will be here, and people who can't won't be able to withstand that energy. It's mm. that simple. Well, that's that's good to know. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, good information. Thank appreciate you. It, Gordon. Thank care. you for calling. Thanks for calling, Ralph. Good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know... Um, because we have uh, free will, mm-hmm. that can that can alter a timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as Lavendar says, you can come now or come later, but you are coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know? <clears throat> and as far as the, our solar system reaching an alignment, I mean, if that's a physical, astronomical kind of thing, 
um, I guess I could just say that I hope that it, it is within, <clears throat> excuse me, our lifetimes. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. I definitely would say yes to that. Well, good. Good. That that will be a day we can all um, celebrate and rejoice. Indeed, um, we will. <laughs> um, we are going to be having another caller here um, as, as soon as they get um, done with our producer. And in the meantime, though, um, when you were talking about the the new energies and uh, free energies and the inventions that are that are spreading over the planet, mm-hmm. I had the thought like I wonder if this is like old Atlantean technology that is allowed to return um, with a fresh start. I mean, are these these inventions? It, it seems like they've been here before. Yes, I'm, I'm sure some of them are in, the, in that, as you describe, you know, probably revised and updated um, somewhat because now you know humanity is much more mentally developed than, than we were in Atlantis. We were, we, we, Atlantis is not clearly understood. Sometimes it was a civilization where we were all very, very psychic and very, very open and, and on the psychic levels. And but and we were guided and given many different technologies by these higher beings who were helping and supporting our evolution. And but we didn't in ourselves until much later actually develop them ourselves in during the Atlantean period. But we benefited from the use of them. What's happened now is we are much more mentally developed, and we have all of the scientific work that people do and the technological development. We can and we have, many humans have developed free energy systems. And it's just a matter of when the time is right, they can all be brought out. I know people who are out there investigating them all to find out which ones are the most viable and really work and and setting up financing for them because that's necessary and they need to be financed. And that's in process. And so that at, at the right time, these will be brought out, made available to humanity, and they will be adopted, and it's going to change the entire nature of our whole civilization, the energy we run on, which will be wonderful. Oh, absolutely. And also, I mean, I know that <clears throat> there is a lot of ET technology mm-hmm. that has been um, secreted away. That's right. um, I mean, Lavender has actually been in the uh, in the warehouse where they were hiding it, mm-hmm. um, and do you think that when the new leaders, um, the leaders, the, the lighted people, as you call them, um, come into more power, mm-hmm. that this ET technology, uh, like, you know, uh, a cure for cancer and, mm-hmm. you know, free energy and, and things like that, um, do you think that that is also going to be released? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is definitely part of the plan. All of that will be made available to humanity as a whole. A lot of it has been used by the cabal in their own for their own benefit, but never not shared with humanity, which is the great problem. And yes, there there are technologies. They have healing technologies, and they have systems where people can. Uh, this is what I've been told that there are the galactics have civil technologies where. You can go into a chamber, you decide what age you were at your prime, and then they do work with your DNA, 
which actually is a determinant of how your body ages and and, and develop and, and rejuvenate and re-energize your DNA so that you can set yourself to be at the age you choose. And with those kind of technologies, that does not have to ever change. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, that's just, that's mind-boggling. I, I mean, it kind of it kind of uh, sounds um, related to anyway the Integratron. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, there are definitely versions of this that are out there that are you know do have beneficial effects on DNA, which is extremely important. A lot of the work that I do is helping people um, bring light into their DNA, actually, and and raise the frequency of the DNA, which then raises the energy of their whole body because the DNA controls the functioning of the body. And when you raise and infuse the DNA with more light, your whole body starts to vibrate at a higher level and you also start to be healthier, which is really important. And um, DNA does not flourish well unless it receives light, photons. It has to actually receive light. And that is can be facilitated through meditation. And there's specific meditations you can do to actually bring more light into your DNA. And that's one of the things I teach. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we have um, another caller for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be talking to Elaine. Hello, Elaine. Welcome to the show. You're on the air with Gordon. Thank you, Ariel. If my question was about Facebook, what your opinion is with its current use? Well, like um, good versus bad or <laughs> yes. Collection of information versus being okay to communicate with that yeah. media. Um right. I mean, I I I certainly would not if I would do not share any deep personal information on Facebook. Because I, you know, obviously it's a public domain, so you 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 can't really keep anything private there that you put up there. Um, and I, you, if if so, if you make that fundamental assumption that anything you put up there is public in the public realm, then you just just be careful about what you what you do put up there. That's the way I would I look at it for myself. Um, you know, I I think it's a business. It's a for-profit making business, and therefore, <clears throat> like any other, it's always looking for ways to make more money. And they're they're doing that through <clears throat> targeting uh, the the preferences and tastes of the different people on on it, and using that information to give, sell it to advertisers. So there's a whole you know it's and then within the <clears throat> business or the financial world there's always a pressure to do whatever makes money and sometimes uh, important considerations get passed passed over you know and that's that's the way it is in the world at this time but I don't think Facebook per se is a you know evil institution the positive side is that it's um helped people connect all over the world and in and have very good sharing of information and experience that would not have happened otherwise probably and that is a great benefit because we're realizing we as humanity are we all have similar experiences similar dreams similar um hopes for the for our our families and our 
communities in the world, and we all are. The more we work together to make that happen, the, the more it's it's going to happen. So it, it has had a very beneficial effect as well. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Well, Elaine, thank you for calling. Bye bye. Thanks. Have fun at the Crystal Quest. Oh, you know we will. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye bye, sweetie. Yeah, you know, um, as far as Facebook, it to me, it's like there there is cheese in there, and that cheese can be very nourishing and beneficial. But you really have to be aware, like you said that it is kind of a data mining operation mm-hmm. for for profit. That's and, right. uh, you know, people that are very um, protective of their of their privacy and their rights, um, that's not a good place to, to put them at risk. That's right. Absolutely yeah. not. And you just have to be real clear-eyed about that and not, you know, put anything up there that you don't want everybody to know about. Right, yeah, because I mean it's 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 just there, it's public and mm-hmm. it can be used for good or bad, you know, so That's uh, right. That's right. Discernment, it's all about discernment. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So, um I'm going to have uh, one last call for uh callers on the switchboard if you have a question for Gordon, um you'll need to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you have a question and um Apart from that, so you do you have you have the world the transfiguration of our world book, which is your newest work, and uh, you have previous books as well as teleseminars and you do personal sessions with people as well that's right that's right. I do a lot of coaching one on one deep work um helping people bring together their conscious self uh, who you know yourself to be on a daily basis <clears throat> with your soul your super conscious and with the subconscious so that you have all three dimensions of your being working together in total agreement and harmony because many many people have a good may have a good connection with their soul and know what they're meant to do but when they try to do it they get all these internal blockages and issues and resistances come up and I help people to work through those and really release them. I have some very powerful processes that I that I use to do that that work extremely effectively, and it's not a long, drawn-out process. Well, that's great. And what about um, the external influences of of cell phones, cell towers, harp, all of the frequency pollution mm-hmm. and um, manipulation of of, of cultures? And attitudes with technology. Is there mm-hmm. tools to um, to help people insulate themselves from all yes. of that? Yes, there are various um, devices that can help if you're uh, you know sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies. And certainly, there are many ways you can protect yourself on that level. As far as the impact on consciousness, um, I I advise people to pay extremely close attention when you watch television or go to a movie or read something, how does it affect you afterwards? How do you feel when you've watched a film or TV show or read something? Do you feel uplifted and in a higher, more positive energy, or do you feel tired, depressed, or just you know not inspired or whatever? Because so much of what is being put out through the media is intended to 
discourage us, bring us into fear, make us separate from each other, and um, easier to control and manipulate. So I think it's more important, if you want to really get down to it, to pay more attention to your media diet than your food diet. (laughs) Your media diet has more impact on you overall than your food does. And I don't think people really are aware of this, and it's really, really important. And I don't watch television hardly at all. I read very, very carefully when I read some of the news, and I am very careful about what movies I go to, and I don't go to anything violent or anything, you know, generates fear. And and, and just don't, because that stimulates that frequency in yourself, and then you have to deal with the consequences. Your subconscious does not have the capacity to discriminate between what's real in real life and what you watch in the media. It experiences it physiologically just like it was an actual event that you were in. And therefore, you have to be very careful because you can stress yourself terribly watching all these horrible things that people watch. Yeah, and there's got to be a lot of you know subliminal kind of mm-hmm. um, impact from mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and about the only thing I watch is Star Trek. Yeah. And <laughs> you're, you're after my own heart. I love Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's the world that we're moving towards. That's right. And there's no money, there's no poverty, there's no hunger. Yeah. And there's, you know, um, you know, a lot of... Uh-huh. Medical wonders uh, for for everyone. Yeah. So that's yeah. I, I think that is the greatest show, especially the next generation. But both of them, the greatest show that's ever been on television. I think it is more oh. conscious. Yeah, it, yeah. Of, oh, you're just a, of the rest of all of television. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you and I are like two peas in a pod when it comes to that. And oh uh, yes, oh yes. I, yeah. I well, you know, Gene Roddenberry was a contactee. I know. And he, he talked to a lot of contactees. That's where he got the ideas for the, the series, too. And there's so much, um, I mean, what we call coding in mm-hmm. just in the dialogue, you know, yep. the numbers that they choose, you know. Mm-hmm. They use oh, 18 people, um, mm-hmm. obviously, in several episodes. And I know that that's a code. And the the topics and everything, I mean, I could mm-hmm. go on and on and on about Star Trek, but we have another caller waiting with a question. Okay, so, that be the um, last one. This will be the last one. I do have to go. Go ahead. Okay. This will be the last question then. So, Patty, you're getting in right under the wire here, and let me just get your mic open. All right, Patty, you're on the Great. Thank you. Hi, Gordon. So I was uh, saying that what – how do you see this earthquake in Nepal and this um, eruption, this volcanic eruption in Chile? How is that related with our Mother Earth now, mm-hmm. her – development? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the Earth has, as, as a living being, Gaia, as a living being, she is always trying to balance and, and, and purify it herself from all of the negativity that is around and in the Earth itself. So that's part of it. Um, the You know, there's always a lesson in these, these events, like the situation in Nepal has been that their, the government is so divided that there is almost no functional government in Nepal or in many of the towns around. I just We were just reading about this, so that there's really very little government available because there's so much fighting and division within Nepal. And therefore, it's not surprising then that you get something that reflects 
that consciousness as an event, like an earthquake, which is there's a brokenness, there's a there's a split, you know, in the earth itself. And we did a lot of study on this for our book, Spiritual Politics, where you can see that when there's whatever's going on in consciousness actually does cause events in the world to happen that are correlated with what's happening in human consciousness. And there's a lot of cases where you can see this, and so I think that's probably part of it. And it's always a matter of the lessons that people are learning from all of it, and also the release of of, uh, negative energy and karma that's being made possible by these events. But that doesn't mean we don't do everything we can to help, of course. And you know, but at the same time, realizing there are deeper things at work as well. Uh-huh. And, and I read um, it was in Spanish actually. This guy in, in Argentina was saying about his theory anyway that um, like the Kundalini of the Earth that used to be in the region of Nepal, Tibet, you know, that area is moving to South America. So it's kind of like the yeah. vital force, the chi of the earth moving mm-hmm. in that yes. direction. Yes, I, I, I have heard that. I, um, I, yeah, I, I think there's some truth in that. I think, you know, but the earth itself is a living being with many different energy flows and systems circulating energy all through her. So it's quite complex. I don't know if it's quite so simple as that. but Yeah. Okay. How how can we help the earth? Well, loving her, appreciating everything that she is giving to us every day, you know, being very grateful for that, protecting the earth as much as possible from, you know, all the devastation of the ecologies and the nature kingdoms and the animals and the plants and as much yeah. as we can do everything we can to protect her. And that's very important. And you know, and many, many wonderful, powerful people and souls are doing this now. And it's very encouraging, and yet still there's a lot of damage being done, and we need to. But this part of the plan is that this all will be reversed, that the primary focus for our planet, once we go through this shift, will be on the rebuilding, regeneration, and redevelopment and healing of the ecology and the natural systems of the mother. That will be our focus. Okay, great. Thank you. Oh, very good. <laughs> Sorry. It's... So there, there are many people, like Alfred uh, Laverman Weber, on you know on YouTube, that they said we're switched to a positive timeline, versus some that say that there's still this call it Planet X, Nibiru, however you want to call it, that it's coming here, yeah. and we we're gonna face it. Um, what's your take on that, anyway? I, I don't give it. Prophecy or any uh, statement that says um, we're going to have some huge catastrophe because my understanding and my intuition and everything says we, that is not going to happen to planet Earth. And, and, you're, and you think oh. about all the prophecies and predictions about all the terrible things that were going to happen and never did, including from Edgar Casey on down, that, that they never came true. And that's because there's always positive forces offsetting the negative trends. And it's a warning to help us wake up and do the right thing. But in the end, it, it, we don't, you know, we're not, and in this case now, because of all the progress, we're not going to have that kind of major catastrophe for this planet. It's not going to happen. 
Yeah, I think so too. Just wanted to. That's that's a really a really great message, and uh, thank you for that, Gordon and Patty. We thank you for calling in. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Thank, yes. thank you. Thank you. For Bye. Having me on the show. Well, it is our pleasure, and um, I know that you have to go, so we don't have any more time for questions. But once again, your website is worldtransfiguration.com, and your book, The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth. So, Gordon Asher Davidson, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you come out with more uh, more books, more information, or more things that you have to offer, please come on back because I know our audience would just love to hear about that. Yes, I, I'm working on many different projects. Uh, at the right time, I will definitely do that. So thank you very much for having me on your show. You are so welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, once again, we will be gone for the next three Tuesdays because of, we're going to the Crystal Quest, and we will be back on the air May 26th. And until then, live in grace and go boldly where no one has gone before. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 